as we talked about the wrath of God and even went through a list of things that God says he hates is another term that we don't think about often. What we recognize as we walk through those verses, I hope you saw that, was it never says God hates man or humanity. And even in this passage that we started with last week, his wrath is revealed against the stuff, the godlessness, the wickedness that happens out of men, but he's, but he's never, his wrath, he's not, it's not about God. He doesn't want anyone, or about humanity, he doesn't want us to experience it, but some will. But he's angry at the way that wickedness has impacted our life, and, and, the, and the things that we get involved in or allow ourselves to do, and, and that's what makes him angry, because he knows that those are the very things that, first of all, separate us from him, but even more so, damage our lives. Uh, God has, has plans for us. He designed us, and we t- this is in these verses as well. And, and in his design, he knows what will lead towards blessing and, and joy and, and real life, which is really what his heart for us is. So, so that makes him angry when we move directions with our life that, that take us away from that plan for what he, his, where his heart is. Re- regarding us and what when this happens why does it happen and this is that righteous he says so so God has offered a rightness he's offered a way for us to be right and that's that gift that Paul goes on and says is from faith from first to last it's always about that gift and, and whether I trust God whether I believe and that's what faith is whether I accept that gift of forgiveness and restored relationship and adoption into his family, which is all part of the gift. But, but what God says in his word, what Paul's writing to us is the problem is humanity, and that's what we're talking about, humanity so often has suppressed the truth. We, we talked about that, what that meant last week, that really what Paul's saying is, and we'll go on, he says, how do we suppress the truth? Well, let me come back to those questions in a moment. We, we suppress the truth. We, we determine that we don't want to believe in a God in spite of the evidence, which we'll see in a moment. Uh, we, so it's not that we don't know there's a God. It's that we don't want to believe there's a God. In fact, I think what Paul is saying there, and I brought this out last week, and, and again, I'll, I'll couch it in these terms. Uh, I'm not going to try to, uh, to argue for this. Paul's making the argument. He says, in reality, there's no such thing as an atheist. There may be some who claim they don't believe in God, but as we'll see even more in a few verses, uh, Paul says, no, that's not true. They just suppress what they know in their own heart. And so last week, I brought up two questions, and, and here was the two questions. The first one we started looking at was, why would we do these things in the first place? Why would we suppress? Why would we ever, ever choose not to believe what Paul says is instilled in our heart, this knowledge that there is a God. And, and if there is a God and, and we see the evidence all around us, which Paul goes on to say, why would we not want to pursue that? And we talked about that last week and what was going on and this whole idea of not wanting to answer to a God and not wanting to, to have to respond or not wanting to go his direction or even research his direction because I want to do my thing. I want to go my direction. And so we talked about that. But the, and, and here's what Paul said, the wrath of God is being revealed with those who suppress the truth by their wickedness. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, 
and being understood from what has been made so men are without excuse. And we looked at just a few things that, that, show, that, that point to the design of a maker in the universe around us. Uh, the, we spent a little time talking about just the eye and, and, and other things that just the, the design, the timing, the, the, the familiar structure of, of not only so many of the, of the animals and humanity and creation, but of plant life. And it's, it just it, it points to a designer. So Paul says that's, that's what puts us in a position that we're really without excuse. So today we want to talk, okay, so what happens if, if we don't turn that corner? What happens if we continue down this path of saying, I don't want to believe in a God, I, I, and suppressing that truth and, and denying that, or even claiming there is no such thing as a God? Uh, or if there is a God, as a lot do, he, you know, he's not connected. He, he may be out there somewhere, but he's really not that involved. Or, or if there is a God... He doesn't really care. We're, we're all going to, he loves us all and we're all going to get there anyway so we don't have to worry about just choose your path and go down it. What happens if we continue down that path? And that's where we're going this morning and that's where Paul's going as he continues to walk down, the, down this, his letter here. This is, I want you to know in my, as I, in my preparation for this, uh, this is a pretty amazing section of scripture we're going to look at. Uh, Oh, here's what I want you to realize as we, as we look at this together. It was written 1,962 years ago. And, and we're going to read what in God is saying takes place when men, when humanity chooses to say, I do not want to believe in a God. I don't want to answer to a God. I don't want a God to impact my life. I want to do my own thing. And he says, if if humanity chooses to go that direction, if an individual chooses to go that direction, this is what happens. Here's where it goes. So in your Bibles, if you aren't there yet, go to Romans chapter 1, and we're going to wa start walking down through these verses, uh, starting where we left off last week, starting with verse 21, and, and kind of talk through them. So here's where he begins. For although they knew God... He's back to what he said a few moments ago. They knew God. There is no such thing as a person who doesn't know there's a God. There's too much evidence pointing to a God. So, so he's again reaffirming this. And again, this is not my thing to, to argue for him. Paul's going to walk through it and he'll make his case. And, and each individual, you have to decide whether, as you look at the evidence, whether it's true or not. But here's what he says is, if... When that person decides that although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him because their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. He's going to explain what he means by that. And, and as we walk through that, here's what I would challenge each of us to do. Listen to what he says and what he says happens as a result of saying, I don't want to answer to a God. I don't believe there's a God. Uh, if there is a God, he has nothing to do with me, or he doesn't even care. Just do your own thing. Paul says, here's what happens when a person makes that decision. He says, well, first of all, uh, and he's talk, still talking in terms of those who, who have denied there that there's a God. He says, one of the things that's clear is they, they've chosen to n neither glorify him as God. We'll start there. They refuse to give him any honor or acknowledge him. 
If you refuse, it's, it's kind of like you ever had a person where, for whatever reason, they, they walk into a room and, and they just kind of pretend you're not there. That's kind of what's happened. They're kind of walking into this room, this creation, and they're saying, I'm going to pretend he's not there. So first of all, that's the, what they've chosen to do in their heart. Then he goes into, he says, nor give thanks. That's the Eucharist that we were talking about a little moment ago. Because if you're going to deny a God, you know, I, I sit here and, it's, and I know I've heard, I've heard some of you say it, and I've said it too, you know, you, you see that sunset, and you and I who have a relationship with God, what do we do? Well, you oh God, that's beautiful. There's thanksgiving in that, that you allowed us to, to, to see that, that amazing thing uh, as you hold your, that baby for the first time. You know, you, you and I who know God... We, we, we remar- we're, it's remarkable to us that this, this created thing that, that God has done, that he's this gift he's given to us, and, and, and that's the way it impacts us. There are those who are saying, well, I'm not even sure that is a human yet. Let's wait and see. Uh, so, so there's just a, such a difference in perspective. But, but one of the things that he says, those who, who take this path of saying, I don't believe in God, or I don't believe I have to answer to God, or if there is a God, he doesn't really care, we can do whatever we want because it's all going to end the same anyway, he, they will not have that heart of gratitude. They won't understand that uh, because thanking God means you have to acknowledge there is a God. And he says, then the result of that is, if, you're, if you have taken that posture in your life, he says, what happens to individuals in that place, and this is where this starts to get really interesting, is he says, in their thinking, it becomes futile and foolish. And in their thinking, he says, what happens to an individual who, who takes a stance of, I don't believe there's a God. If there is a God, I don't believe that I have an answer to him. I can do my own thing. Or... If there is a God, then I can, he doesn't really care one way or another. He kind of, maybe he had a part in some of this, but now he's uninvolved. People who take that posture in life, God, Paul, inspired by God, says what happens eventually is they lose their ability to deliberate, to reason. In fact, the Greek word I put up there for you means they lose the ability to reason logically. Things that you and I look at and we say, that's just common sense. Aren't you doing a lot of that nowadays? You're looking at that and you're saying, what? There's, there's no logic in that. How, how could you ever come to that opinion? He says, that's exactly what happens. When you deny the creator, when you deny the designer, when you try to pretend ignore or just choose to to say there isn't a God, eventually what will happen, the impact it will have on an individual's life or a group of people's life or a nation's life is they will come to a point where they can no longer reason logically. Remember, this was written 1,962 years ago. Although they will claim to be wise... They'll be the enlightened ones. We're the ones that, that have it figured out. You need to listen to us because you're stuck in these, this old ancient thinking and we're the enlightened ones. We're the ones who, who are able, have 
finally got reasoning. That's what they're going to claim. They will claim to be the wise ones, the ones that everyone needs to listen to. But in reality, he says, they're fools. They're just the opposite. They're blinded by, their, by the lack of logic, just simple logic that has overcome them and overwhelmed their thinking. And in reality, they're fools. And, and, and what you see is they've exchanged the, the glory of God for immortal, for God images, for birds and, and, and things uh, in the creation around them. They now, and it's interesting, you, you, start, you listen to these conversations. What, what is happening is, is humanity's got to the place where we worship our own thinking, our own reasoning. I don't want to believe this, so this is what I believe. And, and, and because I am the most important thing, then you need to, or, or we're the most important group, or then you need to, if you're going to be enlightened, you need to think like we think, because that's the only reasonable way to think. And he says what they've actually done is, They've exchanged their worship for God, the designer and the creator, who really, his design and, and what he has in mind is he wants what's best for us. He knows what will bring blessing and, and what will, will lead to long life and these kind of things. And, and what we've said is, yeah, but we would have to answer to you, and so we don't want to. I worship myself, my own reason, my own thinking, my own designs. Because that's where we go. So although they claim to be wise, they become fools, exchanging the glory of God for immortal, for the immortal God, for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, reptiles. You know, you listen to the dialogue today. What do we worship? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the last couple months ago, got, got a whole group of folks right now that are in, in the courts arguing for the the humanity of animals. Not only that, did you read, I don't know if you read, but what, recently there is a, a whole group that is petitioning the courts for a lake. I think it might have been, I can't remember, it was one of the Great Lakes, for that lake to be given personhood. So that if someone does something to that lake that we decide, that, that, that they decide, is, is uh, wrong, then they're allowed to, that lake can, can sue those people like any other person could in court. We're, we're talking about things, and you're saying, thinking, this is nuts, but that's what happens. That's what he says happens when things begin to fall apart. And listen where he goes next. And remember, this was written almost 2,000 years ago. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were aflame with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty of their perversion. Almost 2,000 years ago, God inspired Paul to say, 
men are going to make a decision. Humanity is going to make a decision. We don't need God. We don't want to answer to God. We don't believe there's a God. And when that happens, he says, here is the, the digression that will take place. Here's the way things will start going down the tubes. In fact, uh, let me point out a couple things that I think are really interesting. It says, because God gave them over to shameful lust. Here's, here's the reality. You know, we talk about uh, uh, God and, and, you know, when, when, and so often we'll talk about when, when we make decisions that are contrary to his will and, and people, you know, we go to that, he, he's going to punish us. Well, here's the reality. More often than not, the way that's presented in Scripture is, is not God actively stepping in and doing something to us, but instead God actively stepping back because we want our, to do it our way. We want our will, and God steps back and, and says, okay, there will be consequences, natural consequences of the choices you're going to make. But if that's the direction you want to go, I created you the ability to make your decision, and so I will back away. You know, it's interesting. The prodigal son, if you ever study that story, it's interesting to me. The, there's this son comes says, I want my inheritance. You're not dying fast enough, Dad. You need, so I want my money now. So give it to me. And then he takes that money, and he takes off. And, and the father, who is, who is a picture of God there, doesn't, chase, doesn't call ahead and say, hey, you know, my son's heading your way. I want things to be miserable for him. So... Whatever you can do to make life miserable, do it, because I want to punish that kid for the decisions he's made. No, he, he lets the son go, and the consequences just come because of his decisions. And instead, the father waits for the day when he comes to reason to his senses and returns, and then he's ready to graciously receive him back. That's the way God, in, and in this situation, says it isn't God saying, okay, they've made this decision, they've decided to suppress what they know about me, so I'm going to get them. No, it says, no, he, he okay, head your direction. But here's the consequences if you do. And he walks down through this path. He says, one of the things that is a, is a sign that men and that humanity has lost their senses, that they have stepped away from God, that they no longer desire to know him, believe in him. They choose not to believe in him, even though in their heart they know that he's there. One of the things is things begin to fall apart in the area of relationships with men and women. In fact, he goes and he gets into, obviously, details. He says, we get to the point where we begin to do indecent acts, men with men, women with women. And I, I hear people say today that, uh, you know, the Word of God doesn't say anything about this kind of stuff. I'm afraid it does. Clearly talks about the kind of issues that we're hearing today. And, 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 and clearly says we lose, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. Here's the thing. Go back to when, when Paul said a little bit earlier, he said, you know, we look at design and creation. You know, I, I look at that, and, and I don't know about you, but I look at the decisions, the things that are being made, said now about, you know, even young children making up their own mind who they are, and I'm, and I'm struggling, and I'm thinking, this, this doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. I don't even have to, to believe in God to know by biology and physiology that there is two sexes, and, and they're very different. And in reality... We can know without any of the things we're told in the Word of God that humanity would have died off 
thousands of years ago if we didn't understand that we need a male and a female. And then we didn't just choose that direction. And yet it's exactly what, what, what God said would take place as humanity chooses to step away from the Creator and they will lose their ability to reason. And suddenly they'll take the posture that we're the enlightened ones, you're the ignorant ones, and, and we'll sit there and say, this makes no sense. It's about this point, though, where probably we all would like me to stop because we can all, well, most of us in this room might say, well, I never bought into that. I know it doesn't make any sense. And those, those people, they're just so evil in their thinking. Well, let me read on. Furthermore, said they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. He gave them over to a depraved mind. Depraved mind, okay, now we're getting into the stuff. To do what ought not be done. They, became, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant. Whoa, I don't like this list. Boastful, they invented ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, rootless, ruthless, Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, and they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Just about the time I'm ready to say, boy, those terrible people. Can you believe that they think that way? He says, whoa, whoa, we're not done with the list. And I don't know about you but I was found in the rest of the list. And that's why this is so important. That the righteousness of God, that gift that God has given us, is forgiveness. That none of us have to stay in that place. That God has given us a way out. That he has paid the price so that I can escape what should be the right judgment for the wrong things that I have done, things that God says come from a depraved mind that is sinful and ungodly. And God says, here's my offer. So for you who have accepted that offer, that's why this is such a time of thanksgiving. Because for two reasons. Number one, you look at the things we've just walked through and you said, say to yourself, yeah. That can be me so easily. In fact, I still battle some of those things because that sin nature grabs a hold of me. And, and Paul's going to talk about that later on. But that could be me. But not because of anything I've done. But because of what God did. It's not. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Thanks, Father. Thanks for your word. And Lord, boy, we get into things like this, and, and they're, it's amazing to us. We think of when this was written, and we think of what we see going on around us right now, that you said this is exactly what will take place, that men, that humanity will lose their ability to reason logically. 
and we look around and we, and we see that taking place. And, and Lord, here so often our heart, as we even talked about last week, when you see these things, it grieves your heart because that's not what you have in mind for any of humanity. You never want any of us to experience the wrath of God. You never want any of us to, to walk through the natural consequences of decisions like this that deny you and move away from you. That's never what you want us to have to go through. And Lord, I'm afraid so often as one of your children, I look at people making these decisions and, and, and taking these postures that I know are, are completely nonsensical and, and, and my heart gets angry at them, at the people. And that's not where you want us to be. As your children, you, like, you want us to be like you, to love the lost and, and live in such a way that they see your love through us so that perhaps they'll respond and escape the wrath of God. Help us to do that well, Lord, as we move into this week. And, and just in case, Lord, there's someone here who has never accepted that gift you're offering, that gift of forgiveness, of restored relationship, of being adopted into your family, of an eternity with you. Uh, Lord, make this today, help this to be the day where they say, Lord, I want that gift. Forgive me. Forgive me of moving in a direction that denied who you were and not allowing you to be a part of my life. Please forgive my sins and thank you for loving me and bringing me into your family. Thanks, Lord, for your word and for the insight you have that, and that you give us into ourselves and the world around us. Now, Lord, help us to show your grace and mercy to the world. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen. You're dismissed.